welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You From? Today's episode is an absolute scorcher. I had a brainwave at like midnight the other night to basically ask people that I've dated before, my exes, to come onto the podcast to talk about our relationship or our situationship or whatever it might be and basically unpack what happened in that relationship, talk about things like dating as an interracial couple, talk about Asian fetishization. Um, and I recruited a few people that I still am on good terms with to <laughs> come onto the podcast. Um, and the first person to come on the podcast is my good friend, Kai Kaladi. He is someone who has continually supported me after we stopped dating. He is an incredible school counsellor, mental health researcher person. He's an angel sent from heaven and he was really there for me when we first started dating, really. I came out of my toxic relationship and he was the first person that I dated. So we talk about that in today's episode. And he has done so much for me, you know, in terms of just helping me through a really shitty time, listening to me, or more so just listening, to be honest, and then helping me understand more about racism and the structures of racism. He gave me uh, the book, Why I No Longer Talk to White People About Race by Rennie Edo Lodge. Um, and he's just an all-round great person. Like, I don't usually keep in touch with a lot of people that I've dated before. He is definitely one of the exceptions. Um, He's just an incredible, incredible friend. And we have stayed in touch. We've met up recently to go for a walk. Um, He's the first person to congratulate me when things are going well. And the first person to commiserate me as well when I post something on social media about shitty racial experiences. Um, So... I hope you enjoy Conversations with an Ex series that I started. This could go terribly wrong in so many ways, and this could also be quite enlightening in a lot of ways. So I hope you enjoy and let me know what you think. Please, please slide into my DMs. I am at It's Viv Yao, and you can also... um, No, you can't email me. No, just slide into my DMs. Don't email me. I'll never respond. Yeah, but I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kaye. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Welcome to But Where Are You From? You're the first non-EC guest that we've ever had on the podcast. How do you feel? It's, a, it's an honour. I hope I represent my race well. <laughs> um, do you want to introduce yourself? What What do you do? Where do you live? What's your current relationship status? Um. If you want to say that, you don't have to tell that, of course. <laughs> I'm Kai, um, from Manchester. I'm a mental health professional, uh, counsellor. Uh, my current relationship status is single, but I'm kind of seeing someone out there right now in the like in the initial foothills of a kind of thing. Are you? This, um, isn't, this is new news to me. <laughs> I talked to you last time. I told you I was dating somebody. Was this the one that, oh, I don't know whether we can go into it. Is this like the one that's been going on for a while or is this a, a new thing? Um, kind of a new thing. Yeah. Um, but she's she's out of the country right now, so. Mm. Um, 
we'll just see where it goes really um oh yes of course you did nothing official yet so yeah Um, amazing okay well you're on the podcast here today because i wanted to bring on people that i have dated and been in relationships with to talk about talk about our relationship and talk about um almost like a debrief of how it was um and I had this like brainwave at like midnight the other night and then I messaged you straight away being like would you want to do this and you were like so like yeah keen for it well not so keen I'm sure but you were like yeah let's do it I Um, thought it was a good idea (laughs) do you actually yeah sorry you think it's a good idea yeah in terms of like um kind of material for your podcast and just how I don't know the conversation unfold Mm. particularly because bar you know post dating kind of friendship and how Mm. that kind of developed quite open and honest and all that kind of stuff and yeah I just think it'd be a a, a good thing to explore really yeah so so do you want to tell the listeners about how did we meet and how long did we date for um we met on hinge we did um I think I liked one of your pictures um and then you invited me to chat. <laughs> I invite you. Yeah. I can't remember what I said. I think I, I commented on, like, I think you were dressed as a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I forgot about that. And I made some kind of crap joke about, I don't know, I, I can't remember what the joke was about. It was barely <laughs> uh, But I didn't get a response for, like, I don't, it was quite a long time. It was quite a long way. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was like a couple of days. Was it? Maybe maybe five or something like that. Shit, really? Yeah, yeah. I just thought, all right, I've, you know, shooting my shot there, failed. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, you you responded, and um, I know the conversation just unfolded from there. It's quite an easy going conversation. Um, you came across quite funny and interesting, and. Uh, and yeah, we dated from there. I think it was mm. like two, two, three months. Yeah, was it? I I always thought it was like six weeks, but I don't, was it more? Yeah, it's longer You've... than that. Longer than, than a, a month and a half. You've got um, such a good memory because I don't even remember that. I don't even remember that I had the hot dog costume picture on my. <laughs> it took six and a half weeks for us. It took six six weeks for us to meet. No, it did not. Well, it it, it took it took quite. Did quite it? Time. Did it? I would say it took two, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. To the to the initial date, I think because um, so you were the first person that I dated out of my like a toxic relationship that I was in, and it wasn't that long. I think until we started, I was back on, I was on the apps, and like you know, I think you were one of one of the first people that I was talking with, and so I was so apprehensive about meeting you because I was just like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Of you know, just men in general, and like yeah. I think from my perspective, like you, you touched on the part, on the fact that you're you're a counselor and a mental mental health worker. Like I feel like you were like an angel that fell down from heaven, <laughs> and you came that you came into my life at the right point in my life. Like it wasn't, it probably wasn't the right point in terms of us dating because I think I was still you know very much 
you know, very scarred from that relationship. But in terms of like, you you just, you, in terms of like just a, a man who takes the time to listen and understand and sympathize and, and actually just talk to you about something as like, you know, something that holds so much gravitas and like weight was like really, really needed for me at that time. Um, but probably, I don't know, I, I, we've talked about this before, but I remember saying how like, I used to cry to you, like, <laughs> pretty much. It wasn't that many times. <laughs> I felt like it was quite a lot, considering we only dated for, like, three months. <laughs> I just used to be in your room crying. <laughs> or, like, even in public, crying. <laughs> no, like... I, I mean, it, it, the thing about that, I think I think you were honest about it from the beginning. You know, I, 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 I didn't go in with any kind of false impressions of where you're at and things like that. You want to take it slow and see where it goes and um, not rush anything, not label anything. And um, yeah, I, I, you, you were quite open from the, from the start about how you kind mm. of proved in a previous relationship. So, so yeah, I'd, <laughs> a bit of monster if I didn't take it slow and go at your pace in that respect. Well, a lot of a lot of men, Kai, would not even give that the time of the day, though. They wouldn't even bother to to try to unpack that or have that conversation. They'd just be like, yikes, and leave, <laughs> which is well within their own right to do, you know. So I think yeah. that speaks to your character that you, you even stuck around for that. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. But I, I don't know. I mean, we're, I think anyone who's single in their late 20s, early 30s has some kind of baggage um and i don't know if you don't kind of respond to that sensitively then <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of problems in 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 dating and in um and in your romantic life so mm. yeah that's that's kind of way way i experienced it anyway yeah hi it's viv the host of this podcast I hope you're enjoying the content at the moment. I know I certainly am enjoying having you here. So I wanted to speak to you about my coffee.com page. That's ko-fi.com forward slash it's Vivielle. So as you may or may not know, all the content that we do here is for free. I use my spare time to create this content. I spend my time editing, uploading, I talk about my ridiculous life, share all the deep insights and secrets into my sordid affairs, and we do this all for free. You receive the content for free. So what I'm doing now with my coffee.com page is I am donating all of the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, to be seen, which is the grassroots movement that I started with five other East and Southeast Asian women. It stands for Britain's East and Southeast Asian Network. If you haven't heard of us before, check us out at beseen.co.uk or check us out on Instagram, beseen with a dot in between the A and the N on Instagram. And then it's the same, but with an underscore on Twitter. So if you would like to support six women in our advocacy work, we are doing a lot in terms of community outreach. We're working with the government. We're creating new content every single week on social and our websites, as well as a newsletter every month. Then please donate on ko-fi.com forward slash it's Viv Thank you. 
So do you remember our first date and where we met? Yeah, so it was, it was quite a, an unconventional first date setting for me because um, mm. we obviously met in a cafe um, mm. on, a, on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, you know, normally used to, I've been dating for, I don't know, for on and off about five years now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, and pretty much every first date I've had, is involved drinking uh, you know meet up at a bar mm. loosen up become less inhibited and you know freer in your conversation and all that kind of stuff always not necessarily depending on the alcohol but but certainly um um allowing it to take its effects mm. uh, but this is the first time i was meeting in a cafe so you know I, it was it was it was strange to me i, I just didn't it's just I didn't um, know how to how to how it would unfold because normally you, you drink and you become a bit looser and riskier in your behaviour. Mm. Um, flirting becomes more easy and all that kind of stuff. But, but obviously we're just drinking cappuccinos and then we're. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you, you have to go into these things with no mind and with no agenda, and you know, you just want to get to know a person. So. I think after the initial fifteen minutes, uh, it was it went. It, it, you know, mm. that anxiety around not drinking just dissipated. It didn't help the fact that we were in a very cramped cafe as well. Yeah, and yeah, everyone could was, hear our conversation yeah, pretty much. Hear our conversation is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, because yeah. they obviously they knew it was a first date scenario too. <laughs> yeah, you know it's a first date scenario as soon as you see somebody in, in like a restaurant, or a bar, or a thingy. Um, you can tell if it's going well or not. Uh, mm. But yeah, so so that was that was kind of the, the first, first day. <laughs> I remember saying to you because your body language when I first arrived, like it was as if you wanted to leave. Like you were sat with your legs like facing the exit, like with your arm like over the chair, as if you wanted to like you're about to just fucking pelt it and run away. And I, I remember saying that to you. I was like, you look like you want to leave. <laughs> and like and now actually looking back I, d- I don't know whether that was because of the the anxiety around like not not um drinking on a first date perhaps or or maybe i was just so super awkward that you did want to leave I, I get that quite a lot on on first dates um mm. you know i did the conversation seems to be going well and you know there's a there's a fluidity to it and all that kind of stuff but i i i, I do i think i do give off the impression that you know, I'm not, I'm not interested. Is the person, um, <laughs> which is not the case, obviously, because I wouldn't be on the on a date. But it's just a, I don't know, boundaries, and you want to, you know, respect space, and they're figuring you out as well as you figuring them out. So yeah, just yeah, like that kind of thing, really. So, yeah, because yeah, I because I think my first impressions was like, oh, maybe he's not interested then. Um, because of the the body language, you know, it's funny how someone reads something one way, and then, but then it was like it quickly transpired. Like we we went to another place afterwards, um, and then like carried on talking and stuff like that. And then you we carry like afterwards you message me and stuff. Um, so it was like, oh, okay, so actually, <laughs> his body language lies. <laughs> Did I not give you any uh, like compliments on on the on the first date? I don't remember. 
I don't think you would have. I don't. I feel like you you wouldn't have been like, oh, you look fit, or like I don't know. Obviously, you wouldn't say that because you're way more eloquent than that. Attractive or. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. I was drinking cappuccinos in front of complete strangers. <laughs> so so now then, having been on like coffee a, a coffee day, that was the first coffee day, and that was that was last year, wasn't it? Last uh, yeah. was it like October? No, earlier than that. It was summertime. Two years ago. It was before the pandemic. Oh no! Well, we're in shit. Yeah. Two- oh my! No, it wasn't two thousand eighteen. No, it was two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 2019 yeah yeah like september time because i remember still wearing like summer clothes and you wearing a white t-shirt probably that white t-shirt that you're wearing right now (laughs) (laughs) um so did so so would you now do have you done coffee dates since since then no (laughs) (laughs) it's not kind of like um because obviously, you know, that, that that's quite an interesting thing with, mm. with dating you. Um, because I didn't know that East Asians, well, 50% of East Asians experience alcohol flush reaction. Mm. Um, I remember our, our initial conversation over text regarding, you know, your, your drinking history. Mm. Mm. Uh, drink sometimes, but you, you just don't really do it. And then on the day, you told me that, that this, this, this thing. Um, so it was just something that you know, if if you like this person, you you got you it's something you're gonna have to have to have to contend with, yeah, uh, have to reconcile yourself with too. Um. So. So yeah, but but in in normal circumstances, yeah, I would have I would have preferred to just uh, go for a drink. I drink very frequently anyway. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. So it's just um. Yeah, it would have, it would have, it would have been preferable to me. Um, yeah, and and especially on first date situations. Mm, uh, yeah, you know, um, I think it, a lot of it as well, as well was circumstantial. Like I was living in Warrington with my mum, so I was driving to places. So even like that kind of discounted. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. that element anyway, and and also I am more geared towards just like meeting up in the daytime. Well, especially now. Um, and and going for a coffee and whatnot but I think um that was one of I I guess I don't know whether you feel the same one of the reasons why we were like this wouldn't work between us due to our our lifestyle differences Mm -hmm. um and you know the fact that like I don't I don't drink it's not part of my life I don't drink that often recently I have been more and I told you this, and I've explored, explored substances. Can I say yeah. that on the podcast? Um, but I think um, it was one of those things where I, um, it, it was never that important to me, but I can see why it would be for a lot of people. Like I know when I mentioned it to a guy that um, I didn't even end up going on a first date with him because I told him that I didn't drink and he was like, on the, I remember you saying this on the podcast but yeah on. he was like a proper wino like he was like I want someone who I can go to vineyards with and go on holiday with and I'm like oh, I can do that I'll go to a vineyard with you you know but I understand though I don't I don't I don't think you know I wouldn't hold that against anyone but it's like I'm intolerant so it's difficult for me to just I remember one of our conversations about it hmm. uh, when we were dating and um we were just talking about stuff we do at the weekend, and it was just 
I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I insinuated that it'd be nice for you to come out or whatever. But um, but it was kind of like the elephant in the room. Mm. I, I, don't, I remember you saying, you know, I I can't do it. You know, even if I wanted to, mm. I can't do it. And it was just um, yeah, it was it was a kind of difficult situation, really, because because yeah, I mean, you know, British society, British people generally, drink is such an important part of of everyday life or mm. culture. Mm. Uh, you know, every time I see my family, they're always pissed. <laughs> like, if you, my mum, for example, she's 60 years old, and, you know, over the past year, I've seen her drunk than I, more, more drunk than I have sober, <laughs> just because we get together, and then mm. half an hour later, there she is, you know, pissed at the side. <laughs> uh, so it's just, um, yeah. It's just, it's not just me as well. It, it's, mm. it's my family, it's my friends. It's, yeah. It's, it's how I, you know, spend my weekends as mm. well. No, obviously not, not, not during the lockdown, but, um, but, you know, just generally. And it was just, um, it became quite striking that although we did like each other, admired each other, um, and really rooted for one another, mm. there was this parallel process going on where, you do one thing at the weekend and I do another thing at the weekend. Mm. Um, it was a shame it happened really. And it, it, it sounds like a trivial thing, but when, yeah. when, when you, cause I thought it was trivial at the start, I thought, yeah. it doesn't really matter. who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I've gone out with women before who, who had differences in, you know, lifestyle, whatever, even beliefs. Mm. Uh, but you know, there's been some kind of, you know, cross section there. Mm. But with us three, it, it, it did seem to be, you know, this this completely alternative life at the weekend mm. um you know yeah. from that came came not problems but you know um concerns that of the you know viability of the relationship yeah yeah and you, you wouldn't you'd like to think that it wouldn't be a factor that would stop like true love or whatever but it it definitely does you know, it is a, it is definitely a factor. And like, I think just listening to your family and like how, you know, you all socialize with your friends and everything and how different it is with my family where our focus is around food most of the time. Like I've only ever seen my mum pissed once and that was from um, eating chicken and white wine, like the sauce, like eating this like uh, white chicken and white wine sauce and she got pissed by accident because she doesn't <laughs> normally drink. And like, so it would be so alien for me to see my mum like that my dad did drink actually but he would have like a beer every so often um and and also I guess within my social circle I've got a quite small social circle but any but within that like they they're friends that I've known for a long time who know that we don't really drink but it's never really bothered them it's not what we center our our friendship around like I've never had really that group of friends where we go out and just get pissed together because obviously just wasn't my bag really but having said that we met up recently for a walk and then I was telling you how like I've been having a glass of wine recently and like I tried weed for the first time and you were quite surprised I think that I'd done that because it was something that I'd never really explored as such yeah because obviously i do drugs as well, uh, just like any other guy. Might, well, not, not like any other guy. Might, <laughs> I, I, Most I guys, a lot of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and women. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My age, Manchester, single. Mm. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's sometimes harder not to do drugs than 
than than do drugs, or because you kind of kind of constantly having to say no. Um, so yeah, and obviously, you know that 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 comes with certain kinds of that comes with a certain type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You, know, you stay out, you socialize. There's things you do, um, and and yeah, that that, that that's something. Because when when you said you don't drink, I thought, oh well, I wonder if she does does drugs. And <laughs> two minutes later, you say you don't do drugs. <laughs> I think I told you on the first day that I do drugs as well, didn't I? Yeah, you, it was quite early on that you you, yeah, you just kind of yeah, yeah yeah you didn't hide uh, it. So so yeah it's, yeah because I, I I don't feel ashamed of of what I do. Um, I do it in a healthy way, and if it was ever a bad thing, I would, I would, I would, um, I'd stop. And it is a part of my life, so, so if I'm yeah. dating somebody, then I think it's good to get these things out of the open. Um, yeah. And you, you, you were fine with it again, but, but I, I, I did notice that you were, you were opposed to, to doing it yourself. So, um, yeah. So I just thought, you know, that that that's obviously something, but maybe it's not, a, maybe it's not an issue. And I did, I did really like you. That there was, um, you know. A chemistry there, you know, time seemed to kind of whiz by and, you know, covered quite a lot of things. He seemed, you know, really honest and intelligent and interesting. So I just thought this is not an issue as much as it, you know, mm. it would be if, if this person wasn't, you know, had their, these kind of characteristics. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think now looking back, I probably I would say that I was fine with it, but my I don't think I actually was that open to to the idea of it and and what it means and how like a lot of my thinking formed around like societal understanding or societal like laws around drugs in the UK and it's very centered around that and like how I perceive drugs to be, I think. And I think it's taken for me to like do a lot of like learning around it, around it as well, um, to understand that it's not like if you do drugs, you're a bad person, you know. Because I think that was like <laughs> that was like instilled in me for a long time, uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, okay. yeah. Um, so I think you know, whilst I said, oh, I don't care. I think I probably like had some reservations, you know, and, and, and in a way, I think I probably, I don't know whether I still would date someone though, who was, who would do drugs all the time. Again, lifestyle thing, like, I just, just can't see it ever fitting in if it was like, I know you're such an integral part of their life where, um, like, I don't know, it would impact us doing things on the weekend or, um, you know how they felt um from after doing drugs and whatnot like mm-hmm. um so yeah i definitely think i've been I've, I'm more open to it now and like i said i i've i've tried weed recently for the first time ever and that was like a really positive experience though i did have a nosebleed so that was like okay that's not great um <laughs> so um so i'm definitely like oh i am more open to it than i ever have been mm-hmm. um but I think it would still feed into like who I would date in the future. Yeah, you know, just take morality out of the situation. It's the, 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 an issue of compatibility. Mm. Um, I think you and I really do demonstrate that. Yeah. Um, because there was there was a bond there. There was there was um, yeah, there, there was something there. Mm. Um, 
that this thing was, was such a, a huge wedge on top of other things as well. You know, yeah. the, the fact that you, you were being fucked up. <laughs> you, were, you were perhaps ready to be in, a, in something yeah. even semi-serious. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, but but that that, that issue obviously mm. spawned more issues, and like like it 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 wasn't it, yeah, it, it just it just it, it it proved itself to be to be yeah. a, a blockage. Yeah. So at the time, what were you looking for then? I was looking for a relationship at the time. Um, yeah, because. <laughs> my age you know i want kids how old are uh, you 33 mm-hmm. um so old um <laughs> but yeah so i was i was looking for something uh serious um i told you that on the first day as well didn't i mm. dropped a lot of bombs on the first day and i was uh, like yikes <laughs> <laughs> can't think of anything worse <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't like that. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, I was. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just. But again, you know, you got you have to go into dates with no agendas, no, mm-hmm. no kind of expectations, other than have a good time and get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I did with with, with you on the first first few dates. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, yeah, but it, it comes in waves in terms of my commitment to relationships. Sometimes yeah, I sometimes I don't. Um, yeah, same, same. I think lockdown has been a big factor in that as well. Exactly. Yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, because because life is not going to be like this. You no, know, if you get into a relationship, then mm. it feel different when things open up and you want to do something. That's the thing. Like, you'll date someone, you think you know them, and then say you get into something serious, and then all of a sudden your life starts again, they're busy, you're busy, like, and actually you realise that your lifestyles are not compatible whatsoever because you're not just going for walks or, like, staying in and whatnot. Be mm-hmm. so different. So yeah. different. No, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Lockdown, <laughs> at least. I mean, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems to become a thing, even though it's completely against guidance, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, I was, and I can't remember what you said. I think I, <laughs> I probably lied. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't come away thinking, oh, she wants, she just wants to casual make friends with people. Oh, I, I, yeah, I get the impression that you, yeah, you, you were um, not necessarily fragile, but but kind of aware that you you were having to deal with the mm. traumas of a really toxic relationship mm. uh, but at the same time yeah i did get the idea that you were open to the idea of meeting somebody new and especially if yeah. was, you know healthy and growthful and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah god knows kai god knows what i want so <laughs> uh, in terms of um so i want to touch upon like your your identity your 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 ethnicity as as a as a person like so how how do you identify because I have white skin, I identify as white, mm-hmm. um, just by virtue of having white skin, just by virtue of passing as white, mm-hmm. with the whole, the host of, 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 of privileges and advantages and stuff like that. But I, um, I have a mixed race um, kind of background. Uh, my dad was half Nigerian, half white. Uh, my mum was uh, Scottish Irish. Um, 
so that's the reason why I have this name, um, Kaya Kaladi, mm-hmm. um, Nigerian name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on my dad's side, um, I don't know, there's kind of every every color from, you know, blonde white to super black. Mm. Um, and I'm obviously on the whiter end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, growing up, you kind of, because of the stuff that's happened to your family, the stuff that's, the circumstances that you're in and mm. stuff you're exposed to, um, I did kind of identify as a kind of mixed race person. Mm. Um, but there was no denying the, the advantages I was, I, I did nothing to, to, to kind of inherit. Um, I did nothing to earn. That I was blessed with. Um, my brothers inherited the kind of African genes, um, and you know, if, if you look at our two personalities, you could boil every single difference down to differences in skin color. Mm. Um, you know, he 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 just the, just the, the person he is. Um, he kind of um, a lot of a lot of a lot of it's to do with the kind of racial traumas he experienced. We grew up in quite a white working class neighborhood, and he would have to be subjected to the humiliations of being called all kinds of names in mm. front of his white family. And he didn't really have anyone to kind of go to in the, in those circumstances. My mum and dad broke up, um, so when stuff happened to him, you know, he had to deal with it alone, and that really had an impact on him. I didn't have that. I had the mixed race ancestry. I had the weird name, mm. but I didn't have the, these these humiliating, um, degrading um, experiences that that he did. Mm. So I, I just couldn't I couldn't carry on saying I'm a rich mixed person without yeah. without having that this this you know battery of 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 of, of experiences and adversities. So mm. yeah. yeah. It's, so do you find it quite a complex thing to to answer then when someone asks you what's your ethnicity if some if someone yeah, it, ever it, does it, it, it's yeah. a, it's longer than a yes or no answer um and it, it it happens to me more than it does i have these conversations pretty much i have a conversation about race pretty much every other day especially when i meet somebody new yeah um just because the the, the, the other person wants to know mm. what a white guy with curly hair from Manchester is called Adikayo Lutundi Bamboy Kaladi. Mm. You know, that, <laughs> it's not a <laughs> thing. So yeah. it's just, um, you have to have these conversations. Yeah. Um, and with these conversations come other conversations and, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, um, you get it all the time, particularly in dating, you know. Mm. Yeah, because there's some. You ask straight away. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think we, um, you were so instrumental in me helping me discover my own, you know, just prompting me with questions in terms of my own cultural identity. I think through through you talking about your own experiences, um, and you know, a big reason as to why probably like a, a catalyst in how in why I started this podcast is because for the first time ever, no one has ever taken no one out of not even just in like dating but just in my life has ever taken the time to 
ask me questions about my identity and like prompt me to be like, oh, wait a second, why why do Chinese people, blah, 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 or like, you know, what is the history of British-born Chinese or East and Southeast Asian people who um, reside in the UK? And, you know, all these types of questions. I remember us being in, um, <laughs> we were waiting for a table at TGI Fridays and then you were asking <laughs> with the with the buzzer there and you were asking me like questions about um, being Chinese and how I felt about certain things um and a lot of, I didn't really have the language to articulate how I felt I think you, you really helped me discover that and it was you who introduced me to kind of think about racism more intersectionally um which is like you know a white man telling a yeah, Chinese woman but that, yeah. <laughs> yes but but at the same time like you were like with there's no denying that like you were the one who gave me Renny Eddie Lodge's book to read which I've since passed on to someone else I'm so sorry but spread the knowledge spread the knowledge um and you know you were you were very very instrumental in in that um yeah in in me understanding myself really um yeah. so how was I the first Chinese person or or East or Southeast Asian person that you have dated? Yeah, um, you were. I, well, I, I dated um, a Filipino American once, but she was here just on a. It was just a one time thing. A very lovely mm. woman who um, just came and went, kind of thing. But um, but yeah, you you you're the first person um, from mm. Asia that I've, that I've dated. Yeah, um, I remember you asking that on the, the very first date. <laughs> Did you um, did you have an inkling as to why I asked that at that time? No, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think it's it, it is important to have those conversations, um, you know, straight away. Um, and I can understand why you'd ask that that, that kind of question as well. Um, <laughs> of your mm. podcast revolving around Asian fetishization, um, you know, I'm certainly aware that that takes place, uh, not just among Asian women, but any kind of woman of color. Um, so yeah, it was kind of kind of important that we kind of had those conversations. Um, obviously, I hadn't, and mm. you know, I, uh, I kind of I'm really, really opposed to, to fetishization. Um, yeah, I think it's insidious. Uh, I think anybody who has to experience it, on particularly in in, in, um, in dating, is um, yeah, mm. Mm. like you, you'd be you'd be surprised though by how many white men I've asked that question to, and the responses are so well, very widely varied. You know, a lot of them don't even wouldn't understand why that question is asked in the first place. And when you do explain, it's met with defensiveness and fragility, and you know, like the the lack of understanding the nuances of having to date someone who is a who is any, a person of color uh, and it's exhausting like it's so exhausting and like like one of those things where i've been really trying to think about is like oh you know i i feel like i reserve the right as a woman of color to be suspicious of white men when i date them obviously would never discount dating a white man because well that's historically predominantly who i have dated but i think like certainly i think from my exploration of my own identity it's certainly um something that i raise quite quickly but i i hadn't really done that often um 
you know, inter- not interrogated, but I guess just been like, do you understand why it, for, I have to ask these questions and yeah, yeah. why it factors into us, you know, forming Absolutely. a... Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Hmm. I, I, I can only imagine. Um, but yeah, and I, I, as a, a man who's white, I, I, I can't even... I can't understand why, why you know, there is this um, openness to dating white men. In, in, in given given all the the history of white men in the kind of countries of origin, given the the the, the, the kind of current um, cesspit of of kind of um, fetishization in the kind of dating world, mm. um, you talk to any kind of woman of color um, or any kind of woman who who's who's not kind of white British, even kind of. Like Southern European women, mm. this kind of fetishization, you know, Latin. I'm going out of a Latina. Mm. I'm going out of a black woman. I'm going out of a Chinese person. Mm. I mean, the, the, I know white men very well, um, <laughs> and, and they, 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 they take pride in having these conversations. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's <laughs> I, I struggle to understand why, why, um, yeah, why there is this this kind of general openness among mm. kind of women of colour today today white women, white men it's, it's kind of the minority of, of women of women of colour who, who who tend to be I can't do it anymore I can't suffer mm. these humiliations the indignities of dating of, of explaining of, of educating my my first date on the politics of race or my experience and trying to persuade them that their kind of privileges are accrued because they're white and mm. I, I, I as a white I, I do struggle to to kind of understand what why there is this 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 charity when it comes to to white men and uh, mm. kind of ignorance. So so when you hear the phrase "I hate men" because I feel like I say that quite a lot, like as a as a white man, does that offend you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Should it offend white men or men in general? No, because it you know it's. It's to be expected, given given the circumstances in which we force the other half of the population to live in. Um, the, the indignities we impose upon them, the limitations we impose upon them, um, the rights we deny them. Uh, this for millennia. <laughs> um, we, we, we beat them, we rape them, we brutalise them all over the world. Mm. Um, when you think about the problems in, in, in the world, they all stem from men, from patriarchy. Mm. Um, when you think about rape, the overwhelming majority is men. When you think about paedophilia, the overwhelming majority is men. Mm. Irrespective of whether it's a boy or a girl being um, being abused, it's mm. men. Um, and for us to say, oh, well, well you know, you, you, you shouldn't hate us, even mm. though we have this catalogue of, of, of catastrophic um, evil, I, you know, it's it's it's, it's outrageous. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's hating a social group. It's not hating individuals. It's hating a social group. It's recognizing yeah. there's a distinction between the two. Yeah. Uh, and when people try to conflate, you know, hatred of men and hatred of women, yeah, complete nonsense. Because you know, hatred of men is 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 understandable. At least. If, if you may not agree with it, but it's understandable. If you've been battered and raped and 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 humiliated by men all your life and you see your sisters and friends suffer the same fate mm-hmm. 
can understand why why they would have this opposition to this social group. But mm. why why would a man hate a woman? Why would, what 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 are the reasons for that? Is there any kind of justifiable reasons for men kind of hating women? Mm-hmm. What what are they? <laughs> I can't think of a single exactly, one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Same with black, black and white kind of thing. You can understand why a black person would hate a white person or white, white people. Mm. Yeah. Slavery, of segregation, of colonialism, and all that kind of stuff of the, mm. the prison industrial complex and stuff and so forth. Mm. You can understand why a black person would hate the white race. Why would a white person hate the black race? What mm. the black race done to them? It's that incomprehensibility of 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 white hate or male hate for women that that. Mm. It, justified it's not the same yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah totally and like it's something that like i i've come across you know both of those you know when i say i hate i hate men i get people in my inbox being like well not all men we're not all bad i didn't fucking say that like just like they don't understand that we're not talking about you as an individual and it's the same with um when i say i i hate white people i've had to explain recently to a friend why that in itself it doesn't mean that i hate you as a white person and it's like you know for for black and people of color like having to justify that all the time you know always centering them is so fucking tiring to have to do that constantly um but in a way though it kind of makes me want to do it more like (laughs) um yeah have you you, to flip the, the question um you know, obviously, I express my lack of understanding as to why women of color would be open to dating white men in in the numbers that they are. You know, have you ever thought I I can't do this anymore? I'm sick and tired of explaining myself. I'm sick and tired of justifying my position. I, I, I can't date uh, white men anymore. I think this happened quite recently, and I was quite triggered by um, a man who I was talking to in a dating app, and then we then progress on to talking on whatsapp and he we said something about oh so we were talking about be seen um and then so britain britain's east and southeast asian network for anyone who doesn't know and then um he was saying oh you know a better word for it would be bc because me as a white man trying to understand this word you know it's really easy for me to remember yeah, and yeah. i was just like hang on a minute when was this about you <laughs> where does it say on our website this is for white men <laughs> like uh, <yeah>. this is not <laughs> for you of course you can come and enjoy our content and you can you can be an ally and you can like you know amplify our voices and whatnot but this is never about you so i said as a joke like white man mansplains to uh ec woman and then he said back oh uh ec woman doesn't even understand her own ethnic group and I just was like, are you joking? Mm. And it, that really triggered me. So I blocked him and he tried to get in touch. He really, really encroached my boundaries, messaged me on Facebook, and tried to add me on this chess app that we were playing after I deleted him. <laughs> you know, the desperation. All because he studied for a year in South Korea. Like, that's the reason why he like he was interested, I felt like, was he's just got a thing for Asian women. Um and like i gave him allowances because i was like okay maybe if he studied in and uh south korea he might understand 
mm. what you know the experiences of a, a, a east or southeast asian woman um he might have read up but again proving me wrong and the fact that he didn't understand that the nuances of like me saying that to him versus him saying that back to me and the 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 damaging notions of that like just that at that point i did like <laughs> for a day or so i deleted the apps i was like i'm done uh, it wasn't even just white men. I was just like, I'm done full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot deal with this nonsense. Um, yeah. So that completely like derailed me. Um, and then actually I met someone who went on one date with, but I don't think we'll see each other again, where I, he was a white man and he really understood a lot of like what I was talking about. And we had a very, very deep discussion around um like racism structures and you know who's very intersectional in his way of thinking but even then there were still things that he said were problematic he was talking about how you know oh asia uh, like asian men specifically east and southeast asian men you know they are seen to be a bit more feminine you know um like the way they look like you know white men or western men have like more rugged features and all this and i'm like i get I, right i've been there i understand what you're saying i used to have those those thoughts myself and that's because i didn't know many east and southeast asian men but mm. I'm, I'm like i didn't understand why i used to think that it's because like i used to think they were all this we were all the same and i was somehow removed from that um and like even even him being like quite woke for a white man i still was like it's not enough like i don't and so i do feel moments of like you know a person of colour might understand, you know, because they've gone through it. But even then, it's not exclusive to them because I've dated people of colour who, or I've been on dates with people of colour and I've seen people of colour talk on Facebook and whatnot about um, racism. But then even then within, within that, like say for example, specifically the Chinese community, there's still a lot of anti-blackness that goes on. Um, yeah, there's still yeah. a lot of assimilating. And so... And so I, I just think it comes down to the individual person. I, I don't think I can subscribe to that. Like I'm never going to date white people again. Um, yeah, you know, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying because mm. it, it, it sounds like it, if you were to date within your own race, mm. you'd be confronted with a different type of of racism in kind of Chinese anti-blackness, which is maybe not as personally impactful, but certainly offensive to you. Um, oh yeah it's it's well it go it goes against a lot of what i stand for you know like i obviously I, i'm not affected by that directly but i think you know um just having someone be overtly anti-black um oh yeah of course i couldn't date someone like that of course i couldn't you know it's a no-brainer um and it's very quickly weeded out as well. Um, and then also I remember an experience once when I was talking to a British-born Chinese man and then he said, oh, you're... He said something like, oh, you're so... He complimented me, but then said, oh, but most of the women on this app, which is like predominantly for Chinese... Well, it's a Chinese app, but it's a lot of um, Eastern Southeast Asian people on there. Oh, a lot of the women on there are um, you're from mainland China or like don't have he, he basically degraded them in some way yeah, you know yeah, yeah. As, and again like i do understand that because i've been there myself as someone who um used to say things like oh i'm not like other chinese girls mm -hmm. or chinese people it makes no sense but it's a lot of internalized racism again um so 
you know so so i i think i think we're not safe anywhere <laughs> basically i have no answers to where no. i can go where i feel like you know there's a there's a safe space so we have that to contend with and then we also just need to figure out whether they're compatible with us a nice person you know looking hey. for the same thing you're going to be yeah. physically attracted to them you know you want the same things in life they've got a good good job or you know they've got a path set for them you know like all those things that you you look for is it's it's all, and hence why I'm nearly thirty and I'm still single. <laughs> Just to round that up. <laughs> uh, it is um, yeah, it must be a minefield. Dating is a minefield anyway, but adding that mm. huge complexity into the mix. Um, yeah, mm. you know, um, enormous. Um, and I find when you when you date somebody because um, I live in Manchester, I've dated quite a lot and. I think in terms of like demographically, people who have dated it's broadly representative of Manchester, um, say about you know a third uh, women of colour, rest of being white. Mm. Um, but I find that it, it, it's, the second you date a woman of colour, you're kind of white friends and 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 you know non-white friends. They kind of make assumptions about your kind of sexual preferences almost immediately. Mm. Um, I've never dated a, 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 a Chinese person before, East Asian person before. Mm-hmm. But I remember going out with you, dating you, mm-hmm. and a couple of our friends said, "Oh, I didn't know you're into Asian women." It's like, <laughs> why do you have to be? Yeah, exactly. Why do you have to be? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's really, uh-huh. you know, uh, and it's and it's the idea that you, you have these perverse sexual fetishes mm. um, imposed upon you. Um, because of the society we live in and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a small, small um, grievance compared to the, the stuff that you have to go through on a, on a daily basis. But I found that even, even you know, the women I've never dated before who, who have a, 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 yeah, come from a different kind of ethnic background to what, what I've, I've dated before in the past. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're all of a sudden, yeah, you have to kind of say, I'm not into dating women, I'm just... yeah. You know, this is this is something this is something else kind of thing yeah um mm. you know and i really really do do kind of i, I find it really that the kind of fetishization thing it it, it really does it, I, I i i just think it's disgusting i don't want to be associated with it mm. um on, and it applies to both genders as well um yeah particularly black men um yeah. Are kind of sexualized and objectified, mm. used by 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 white women um, in ways that are truly dehumanizing, mm. um, and the same with with white men. It, it applies it applies kind of mm. more viciously with white men and black women, uh, but it, it, similarly with 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 um, with East Asian women, this idea that they're submissive and they'll make me feel more of a man and all this kind of stuff. It's just something I didn't, don't want to be ever associated with. Um, yeah. I don't think you can ever justify it either. I don't mm. think you can ever justify having these these preferences. Yeah, because uh, when someone goes like, and something that I don't know how to know how to answer is, what if I have a type? What if I just have a type? That was something actually that this, ma- this white man said to me, actually. He asked me that question. What I, if, I still hmm. don't think it could be justified. Because mm. um, there's an assumption there that they're all the same. Yeah. You know, take for example, Africa. Take for example, Africa. You know, say, say, yeah, you know, I think black women kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Africa, 
You have someone who's living in, in Libya, Egypt, Somalia, Sudan, Nigeria, and South Africa. All these women look completely different. They all mm-hmm. have different hairstyles, different yeah. skin complexions, different body types, different language, different culture. Mm-hmm. You can't say you like black women when, when this is this is the continent of black people. Yeah. Completely ignoring the fact that there's so much diversity within that mm-hmm. within that population. Um similarly liking white people, you know, can't <laughs> like white people, there's so much difference between between white people. Yeah. You know, science, genetic research has demonstrated that there's more diversity within races than there is between races. Wow. You know, yeah. if you you know, I, I look nothing like Tyson Fury, for example. Mm. But I I kind of could look like some kind of Asian person who has my body frame and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I look more like him than, you know what I mean? So there's, mm. there's more similarities between races than there is. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't remember how I said it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it can be justified. I don't think it's admiration or fetishization. I don't think you can have that. I, th- I think I think it's... <laughs> I think it's racist to just assume that mm. to have a type because mm. you're assuming that this massive a billion people are all look the same and have the same characteristics and you can mm. just you know attach yourself onto that mm. it's that yeah. complete denial of diversity that that really irritates me yeah thank you for explaining that and articulating that because i think i definitely have struggled in so many ways to explain why that irks me so much that like oh I'll just have a type and I think it goes back to those assumptions that you already have before you even have met that person if we're talking about online dating for example like you you just looking at me you you have assumed so many things about me being certain ways that are widely probably different um to my character you know they, they expect an Asian woman to be domesticated nope not me submissive nope not me docile nope not me <laughs> um, yeah, exactly exactly all of your qualities as a person mm. are the kind of antithesis to the kind of, kind of asian stereotype mm. hard working and stuff like that but in terms of like being assertive mm. uh, being oh. independent yeah things like that um you know they, 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 you know that that's the person you are um and mm. i think any white person or otherwise would have a you know would be would be um would be a shock if if they if they came into that situation. <laughs> um, Wait a second. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> so so to ask you another question, why why did you want to date me? I, I, I remember your profile. There's this you seemed quite arty, quite quirky. Um and <laughs> it was just from the hot dog costume alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was always kind of I think there was funny jokes as well. Um you, you liked food, which you know obviously I do as well. Um and I, I think I think because more more often than not, I I go on kind of substance and, and appearance. I'm not this idiot who just says, Oh, I I, I only look for you know, personality and soul. <laughs> um, you, you know, you have to, you have to kind of, uh, you, you, you'd really want both. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I just liked the, what I saw in terms of like physical appearance and how you presented yourself and your quirkiness. And so I just sent it out as speculative, like, see what happens. <laughs> speculative, and- like. <laughs> 
<laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's the same with you. I really like your style. Like you've got really cool style. Your socks, like your, your brightly yeah. coloured socks and... It's part of my identity. Pants. <laughs> what your, the socks are? Sock, yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I think the fact that you, you worked in like mental health as well was mm. something that was, I think, you know, you, you don't see... Actually, do you see many men? No, I think you, no, probably, you don't. You don't. Yeah, minority. a minority mm. for good reason as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look um, at all the kind of points, if you look at kind of most of the complaints made mm. against counsellors, mental health professionals, even though we're in the minority of, pra- pra- of, of practitioners, we constitute the majority of complaints <laughs> against the profession. So, of course, I wouldn't expect anything less from men. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So. Um, but I remember, I, I don't think I've, I've, I've talked to you about this before. I remember when we were, we were texting each other and um, you, you said um, you, you made it clear that you weren't a Chinese-born person. You were a British-born Chinese person. Mm. And it, I think that the follow-up message, you tried to lighten up the, the tone by saying, just in case you're wondering if I'm a crazy rich Asian, um, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I did wonder what kind of what was the what was the thinking behind it? did you want to reassure me or did you want to just make it clear or was that innocent or how you know? on earth did you even remember that because I, I don't I've wanted to ask you for, for a long time but you you know you just forget and <laughs> I do remember that because mm. I, I did think you were you were British just by your style and you know, yeah, where you were talking and things like that. You, you know, you sounded like a Northern English person. That's quite um, interesting because I, I do think, do you know what? And again, that's probably some internalized racism there to make that distinction of like, no, I was born here. Don't yeah, worry, yeah. I was born here. Yeah. And then also, I think having people have people have asked me that question as well. Like, you know, more so like, oh, so obviously, where are you from? Um, and and also being surprised. I remember sending someone a voice note once and they were like, oh, I didn't expect you to have a Northern accent. Um, so I think like there's that level of, you know, having to almost justify our existence as a British born Chinese person and, and that disassociation with being, you know, from overseas, which is fucking terrible. Like that's so interesting that you actually brought that up. And I, the fact that I said that so early on, like, what does that even mean? Crazy rich Asian, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um you're so interesting yeah especially when your your texts were so obviously you know northern english and mm. all that kind of stuff it was um and i think it was like in a couple of days into the texting as well after the long wait after i i, I sent you the message mm. so i was just like, all right that's interesting um mm. And I meant to bring it up for ages ago, but it's the first time. I know. That's quite yeah. interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you not want to date me then? <laughs> well, the, the, why did we the... break up? Yeah, why? <laughs> why, Kai? Uh, yeah. um, well, it, it was, it, it obviously was the, the parallel lives kind of thing. Um, yeah. It was kind of like, I, I think it was a, the elephant it wasn't an elephant in the room but it was a thing for, mm. for some time but the thing is that anytime i met up with you i enjoyed myself even even the last time i saw you i really enjoyed myself we had good conversations and things like that and um there was a real 
yeah, the loveliness to it. But, you know, there was this thing, and it, it, I, I got the impression that we were both postponing it because mm. there was obviously good things about um, about our, our situation. Um, but, yeah, it did keep on cr- cropping up, and the conversation did keep on happening. Yeah. And I, I, obviously the last the last time we met um, as a kind of dating item, mm-hmm. it was uh, kind of awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> in in a in a way, because <laughs> I think you, I I was of the impression that that it it was going to come to an end because yeah, there's too much stuff going on. Yeah, and, you know, I when I was going out, I I know that you thought, you know, what is he doing? He cheated on me, all this kind of stuff, even though mm. it wasn't exclusive. Mm. Uh, no, it, it wasn't official. Yeah. Um, and although I understood it, I, I, it was, you know, um, not the the best thing to be kind of accused of. Not accused of, but but not the best. I didn't like myself being thought of in that kind of way. Let's let's explain to the listeners a bit about that because um, that would be the first time that they've they would have heard that. So I basically. When you went out, it was at Manchester Pride, wasn't it? Mm. And you went out, uh, and then like um, I was like, so I was just in a place where I was so not trusting of men, and I put that on you. And mm. I was, and even though we weren't exclusive, I was just like, he's doing stuff with other people. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was so unfair of me, so unfair, and. You know, it's very. It's sorry. Go on, sorry. It's like you know, it's all well and good having those thoughts. So, but communicating them and ver- verbally kind of accusing someone of um, not even cheating, but just you know, going dating other people and whatnot in the initial like seeing each each other phase mm-hmm. is you know, it's not fair on that person whatsoever. Um, so yeah, definitely think. I think it brought to a light that like. It just wasn't the right time as well for yeah. me to be in anything with anyone full stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it brought up a lot of like residual issues that like you know I still had and still and still have and still working through now. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like it you know, but also I'm so glad that it did happen. Like I'm so glad that I met you and we we've stayed friends. Like you you are one of the first people to like, you know, congratulate me if so I put something on social media. You're the first person to like commiserate if like I put something triggering on social media. Like and you've always been like the one to check in and I think I, I remember like us talking about like, oh I and I said something really childish like i don't stay friends with exes because i don't see the point where i you know i i still do kind of like kind of stand by that in some ways but there are some people that really make the exception and i think like you you are one of those people that like you, you value human connection over these like societal um guidelines of what we we can and can't do in like the dating world and that's why i think we have stayed in touch because i don't think i would have been as like forthcoming to continue speaking with someone that i i've dated before um but like that what what that was like what like near uh, over a year ago yeah and yeah, we've yeah. kept in touch. we only met up once to be fair but that's like obviously lockdown and then like i've moved to manchester now so it's like easier to but um definitely like yeah grateful that it happened 
for sure. Me too, me too. Um, absolutely. And it, it would be a shame. It would be kind of lost to me if, uh, you know, for whatever reason you decided to just um, kind of scorch the policy when it comes to, you know, dating. Because we didn't do anything wrong. Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we tried and things like that. And, um, yeah. And, you know, the, the circumstances went right. And obviously, the, just the, 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 the incompatibility of the, the lifestyle thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're an angel, Kai. <laughs> You're an no. angel from heaven. You are. You really are from, to to me, anyway. Like, um, like you really did. Like at that time, save me from something that was so traumatic, and like I really needed it. I just felt like it. It was. That sounds so selfish. Like I, I needed it, but I got a lot from like us just talking, and like I learned so much more than you'll ever know in terms of like the, um, just understanding my own identity. Which like, you know, it wouldn't have got us to this point of, you know, me starting a podcast and then like petition, be seen, everything like that. I think like it, it was all meant to happen, and it's led to led to a point. So you know, you as a white man have done very well. <laughs> Well, it is a real um, uh, privilege to, to play a small part in your journey. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I think I said to you this before, you know, just, I've been interested in politics for years. Yeah. Um, and I haven't done half of the stuff you've done in the past, past year or something like that. You know, to watch your development um, as a person, as an activist, um as a campaigner um political awareness and all that kind of stuff it's remarkable um and you know you, you give me a lot of credit for all that kind of stuff it was real you know it was a kind of pleasure for me to be around you when you were when you were in that kind of situation when you were kind of exploring it um even the even the, the kind of trauma kind of reconciling yourself with what happened and stuff like that um you know the, the, I remember the podcast episode um, that you did. It was, you know, tremendously, tremendously brave, tremendously, you know, intelligent for the way you kind of recognize yourself as a kind of vulnerable person in a very kind of toxic situation. And you were able to kind of demonstrate that you've moved on and all that kind of stuff. And you're able to express solidarity with people who are going through all that kind of stuff. Because you know, I've, I've, as a mental health professional, I've worked with people like that, people who are going through that and people who have, have been through it. And um, it, it, it does. It takes enormous, enormous uh, courage, strength, character um, to say something um, to a, to a counsellor, never mind to a, a, a kind of mass audience. Um, and, you know, I, I, I said to you before, I, did, I didn't want to say it because it sounds kind of creepy, but I was tremendously proud of you in the way that you <laughs> You know, because I remember what, what you were like when we first met. You, you were strong and things like that and independent. But, you know, the journey that you've been on um, in terms of, you know, understanding yourself and what happened, the political activism, standing up to family members, friends and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it takes a lot of strength and initiative. I don't have that initiative that you have. Um, so, so yeah, d- definitely 100 um, percent. Uh, please we met and please we maintain that and yeah to, to know I played a small part in, in this big big journey is a uh, you know very humble and very um, 
yeah, that very nice the thing to, to experience. <laughs> and now I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this always happen every time we talk? <laughs> I didn't even notice because the 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 the, the, the uh, sunshine on your face. So oh, that's good. That's probably a good thing. There's probably mascara everywhere. Yeah, could have got away with it. Oh, damn it! Damn it! Um, but that's very kind of you to say. So thank you very much. And yeah, I think I guess we'll we'll probably wrap up there. Um, it's been amazing having you on as the first non EC guest. I know. Yeah. <laughs> first, com- I've, I've listened from the start to the finish. So. Um, oh my god! You listen to every episode. Yeah, yeah, every episode. Because uh, remember Aww. when it first came on, we mm. we weren't talking when it first came on. It was like the, um, you know the the aftermath of everything so i was just listening and mm. um yeah and, and watching you know real accomplishment with this this podcast um you know <laughs> very 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 good work because you can tell your evolution as a as a as a person on this podcast you know you're developing your ideas figuring out who you are and making you know connections with similarly remarkable people um and yeah, I, I bet you know if you look, if you listen to it again, like mm. seven years time, you'll see. I think you will be proud of yourself in the same. No, way. you must do because in terms of like, I would never you know, where, where you were at the beginning. Yeah, where you, were, you know, it's such a a demonstration of development and. Yeah, it's so cringe though to listen back. I just thinking back about things I said. Like, if you listen to the last podcast, I mentioned how like there was a lot of problematic things probably with why said in some instances yeah yeah i just i couldn't i couldn't and yes granted yes we all learn and we grow and whatnot um but i couldn't i could not listen back myself i, I would not want to ever <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's like you know when you start undergraduate you know your first essay compared to like, yeah i think that's how it is you know you're still the same person still the same spirit mm. um, but obviously you refine your ideas and you develop and all. i think that's 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 what I found really really impressive because it was so noticeable the oh. the fact that you were engaging and making connections and mm. developing your ideas and reading and all that kind of stuff. It's really really noticeable and it was a a real pleasure to listen to. to Thank you. Thank you so much, Kaye. That's so nice. Um, so if you want to follow Kaye, are you private on Instagram or are you public? No, but it's just a, it's not like a an activist thingy. It's just a. No, no. People might want to find out about you. You know? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> you never know. You might get potential suitors. I know you're seeing someone at the moment, but you might get people like, he sounds all right. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let's check him out. What's your Instagram handle again? Is it? Um, I'm not sure. Is it Adi? Kai... Uh, Kai just... Um Yeah, Kai Olatundi. Kai, un... Kai underscore Olatundi. So... K-E-Y-E underscore O-L-A-T-U-N-D-E. On Instagram, if anyone wants to stalk him. He's got great style. Reads loads of books. Uh, Pink Converse. (laughs) Fluffy brown coat that you got from a charity shop, was it? Yes, indeed, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, so, well, thank you very much. We'll wrap it up here. And thanks for your time in speaking with me in my first Conversations with an Ex series. (laughs) That's what we're going to call it. (laughs) It's a great series. (laughs) Thank you.